0: Happy holidays and welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. It's our 25th program and our last of 2020. I'm glad you could be with me. Today we'll celebrate the holiday season in what I hope will be a very special way. We'll hear holiday greetings from our Avak Sparabed and Avak Dirui, My family and I will perform some Christmas carols, one of which your host will try and sing in Armenian, and we'll conclude with a special Christmas prayer from one of our New England Sparabeds, who also happens to be an Armenian church pastor. Well, I think it's fair to say that no matter who you are, where you live, or what tallies or otiag you belong to, 2020 is a year that none of us will ever forget. As knights and daughters of Vartan, we last saw one another face-to-face as a group, at our monthly meeting in March nine months ago indeed as the year began we could not have imagined that it would end the way it has just think for a minute of all the words and terminology that are now embedded in our vocabulary that a year ago we either didn't use or hadn't even heard of COVID pandemic social distancing wear your mask virtual events how many of you had ever used zoom before this year or thought of that word is anything other than a verb that meant to travel very fast. For me as a videographer and photographer zoom was a type of lens which let you go from a wide-angle shot to a close-up. We've all no doubt spent more time at home this year than we have well since we were kids. Many of us worked from home this year. How many of you now have a home office where perhaps a year ago you didn't? My own production studio where I produce this podcast is now set up with cameras, lights, and microphones for live television and live streaming. It's been a year of adapting for all of us. 2020 has also been a year of sacrifice and learning to do without. From canceled family vacations and in-person grand convocations to not being able to spend time with loved ones. Finally, it has been a year of great loss. From the more than 300,000 Americans who succumbed to the coronavirus, to the brave soldiers and innocent civilians who lost their lives during the 44-day war in Artsakh. As Armenians, we will bear the grief of their deaths until the day of ours. Yet even in the midst of such tragedy and uncertainty, life for us goes on. As we say Tseresutun to 2020, we're beginning to see a faint light at the end of this long tunnel where just a short time ago, there was only darkness. And as we celebrate the birthday of the Prince of Peace, you can hope for a more peaceful world as 2021 begins in a few days it'll be Christmas and whether you celebrate it on the 25th of December or the 6th of January it is a time of hope a time for family even if some members can only be with you electronically and most important a time to praise and honor the infant in whose name we celebrate this holiday Merry Christmas to all of you Let's visit now for a few minutes on this Christmas podcast with our Grand Commander, Avak Steven Stephen Adams, who's joining us from Clovis, California. Avak Spadabed, thanks for joining me. What is the lesson that you hope we've all learned from having lived through this incredible year of 2020?
1: I think the one thing that we're going to learn out of this is to be flexible. I mean, we need to be able to change and move with the times. And I guess the moral is, Sometimes we just don't know what those times are going to be. So flexibility, being able to change along with the times, because you never know what the future is going to bring.
0: It's been a year of change for the Knights of Vartan too, hasn't it? Uh, you've done things this year that have never been done before in the history of our organization, and I think it's it's safe to say that uh, they were done rather well. And I'm including, of course, the, the online Grand Convocation, which was certainly a first, but uh, our work continues
1: well, I guess I, th- I think it's just the the flexibility to be able to, to change with the times and, uh, you know, to just look at our situation and the reality that we're in right now. We're very, at least somewhat fortunate that we have the technology to um, to make these changes and to adapt to our situation. What I'm hoping for is that as we come out of this, hopefully this coming year, that we'll take what we've learned and make it even better. So does that mean that we're going to stay in an online format? I don't think so. I think everybody's going to be very excited to be able to greet our brothers and sisters once again.
0: Indeed, we will. In
1: person. But I don't think it's going to mean that we totally give up what we've had. I think we've learned a lot of things this year. and uh, We just need to turn those to our advantage.
0: Looking ahead to 2021 and knowing, of course, that the end of the pandemic is still many months away at the earliest. What are your thoughts? What is your outlook as you look ahead to the next 12 months?
1: Well, I hope things are going to turn around. Uh, I think they will. I'm be optimistic. I think what we need to do, though, like I said, is to take what we've learned this year in our ability to communicate online and use that to our advantage. So in times and places, maybe when it's uh, difficult or, or not easy to meet together, we have an online format that we now have used and can use to our advantage. And to help better us. Does that mean we're going to give up our local meetings? Uh, I don't think so. I think we still need to be able to shake our brother's hands and uh, give each other hugs.
0: Oh, I hope Uh, so. And I think
1: that time will come back again.
0: I do, too. I do, too. Now, it's been a year of sacrifice. It's been a year of loss. Some of us have lost uh, family members and friends. And and of course, you can't look at this year and and be a member of the Knights or Daughters of Vartan without remembering the forty-four day war this fall in Artsakh, and yet through all of it, before and after, our brothers and our sisters really did rise to the occasion, and uh, we came to bat for those who needed our help in Armenia and in Artsakh, didn't we?
1: No doubt. I think you know it's hard to look at things microscopically. Sometimes you going to have to back away and take a look at at things. You know, when we look at the Battle of Vartanans, it took 30 years to eventually win that battle. That's right. So, you know, that's one thing about Armenians. We're very patient. We're very persistent. We've been around for centuries, millennia, and we will continue to be. But we need to adapt and, um, we, you know, we need to think smart.
0: It's been a year when we've all had to adapt one way or another, and that also means giving up things that we normally took for granted, and one of those are family gatherings, large family gatherings and all of that, and I know that it's affected your family as well as mine and everybody else's. How will you be spending Christmas this year?
1: Oh, I'm sure it's going to be pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. Uh, It will probably just be my immediate family. I don't know if it'll go much beyond that, and it's going to be hard. You know, one of the um, the traditions in my family has always been the New Year's Day. We have a very large breakfast for family and friends. We bring through 60, 80, maybe sometimes close to 100 people through my house. Really? Uh, and I cook breakfast. My uh, God. You know, the Bost- Bostermont eggs and, uh, uh, oh, my God. and pancakes. And we have a big dinner and a big breakfast brunch. And this year, it's not going to happen. You know, it's hard. I've been doing it for... Thirty-seven years.
0: Mm. My dad, God um, rest his soul, would have loved that Boston Mar breakfast. Though I'll tell you, I've I've never yeah. heard of that. That 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 sounds like it'll yeah. happen. It will happen, and uh, it'll
1: happen again next year.
0: It's certainly or maybe will. in the
1: middle of the year. You know, maybe when we come out of all this, and maybe by mid-year, maybe we'll do something in the summer. You know, we'll get everybody together. We'll
0: see. You'll be making decisions about events that normally would occur during the summer and of course I'm talking about the convocation and even further than that the September trip uh, to Armenia later this year though you I would think that you're going to be following the news as much yeah. if not more than most people because uh, there is a lot that is riding on all of this
1: There is uh, and I follow it very closely and it's been a waiting game that we've been playing now for months you know we just keep watching and waiting and seeing you know I think back now to last summer when we weren't sure about whether we were going to be able to hold the Grand Convocation. I think back to when we were planning the September trip, do you know? Do we think we could do it? Now we look back and we say, well, there was no way. No. no. But at the time, you know, we were thinking about it. So we're, we're just watching and waiting. That's everybody else's.
0: What would you like to say to your brother knights and the daughters of Vartan this Christmas?
1: I'd like to wish everybody Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. It's been a hard year. It's been a hard year for everybody. Um, not for, just for us here, for our homeland in Armenia and Artsakh. And, you know, we don't know what next year is going to bring. I think we need to be flexible, move with the times, have our smartest thinking caps on, and and adapt to our situations. Uh, we have a Knights of Artan has a mission. We continue that mission. Whether we meet in person or we meet on Zoom, we still continue on. And my hope is that this coming year will be a bright year uh, where we come out of the pandemic Things will turn around for the homeland. You know, I think the only thing we can do is be optimistic and plan. And that's about the best we can hope for.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And thank you for taking a few moments today to uh, to talk with us. Thank you, Avax, thank you. a bit. And it's been a pleasure thank to you. have you on throughout the year here on the Talking Vartan podcast. You have graced us with your presence on a number of occasions. And uh, I just wanted to let you know it's very appreciated.
1: I want to thank you, David, for all of your work and and helping in this media that uh, you are such an expert in, uh, in getting the word out.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you. My special thanks to our Grand Commander, Avak Spadabed Stephen Adams, who joined me from Clovis, California. It's now my great pleasure to welcome back to the Talking Vartan podcast our grand matron of the Daughters of Vartan, Avak Alice Kulushchen, who is also in California, but she is in Northridge, California. Avak thanks for joining us.
2: You're so welcome. It's nice to be here with you.
0: Thank you. And I'll ask you the same opening question that I asked Avak Sparabed uh, Steve Adams, and that is, what is it you hope that we have learned as a brotherhood and a sisterhood from this experience known as 2020?
2: Wow. I guess that no matter what hits us, somehow or another, we manage to learn from it and adapt and move forward. And we're doing that.
0: What are some of the ways that the daughters of Vartan have adapted in terms of how you do what you do? The mission of the organization needs to continue, of course.
2: Yeah, David. It's actually been very interesting for me because I'm not... Or wasn't very tech savvy, and I'm still not very tech savvy.
0: But I'll bet you're and a lot more now than you were a year
2: ago. <laughs> oh, you better <laughs> believe it. I've I've learned things that never in my life did I thought I would be doing and learning and using. And I'm seeing as um, I do visitations, virtual visitations, that. We have learned so much and we're doing so much and we're learning some of the ways of meeting online that is actually going to enhance how our organization is working. Never in the wildest dreams would I have thought we would be having meetings and, and making decisions and, and even doing little parties and, and events on the computer, online, on Zoom. You know, I'm, I'm an old lady here. We don't, we don't think of those things as, as possible, and yet we're doing it. And I think we've learned that we can do this and utilize it and use it to our own good.
0: Maybe this is an impossible question, given the fact that we still don't know exactly when this is all going to be over, although there is luckily a light at the end of the tunnel now with the um, emergence of the vaccines. But uh, look ahead as best you can at 2021 Avak and and what do you see happening? Will this be a year of beginning the task of getting back to normal?
2: I think what you said right then is going to be the beginning. Um, I think that's what's going to happen, David. Um, we are still not sure how long this is going to go on. We're hoping and praying that being vaccinated is going to make a, a big difference. But again, even that, it's going to take time. So many people to be vaccinated and how much vaccine there is, all of that takes into play. As far as the, the our organization goes I am assuming that at this point we are probably going to continue the way we are right now. I know the convention committee is going to start um have a meeting in January, at least that's what we had originally decided mm-hmm. to see where we are at this point. I don't know how many people would be ready to travel to to want to, to get on a plane and, and go to
0: California. You're you're not the yeah, first person who I, said I, that.
2: I don't think I would be ready for quite a while, even with the vaccine, to, to get on a plane and and go to where there might be a crowd of people. And we don't even know if that's going to be allowed, you know, by the government and by the, the like L.A. is pretty much closed down, Los Angeles right. County, which is part of Northridge, uh, Northridge is part of that. You know, we're back down on lockdown again because the numbers have gone up and, I think it's going to take longer than any of us ever thought it would. Ours have so two, I in fact. I think we're going to continue.
0: I, I beg your pardon. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Ours have two no. because we just we were at a phase three in Massachusetts and a number of communities, including Boston, just on this day, we've been rolled back to phase two because yeah. the numbers are just going through the roof. So, again, yeah, nobody knows exactly when this will all come to an end. And, and therefore, certain decisions just can't be made right now. It's, yeah. It is a waiting game. How are you planning on spending the holidays this year?
2: Pretty much the way I did Thanksgiving. I have a small immediate family, and I have two granddaughters who are 18 and 20, almost 20, almost 18. And they have gone nowhere, and neither have I. So we, and and I have another daughter that lives in Laguna, and she and her husband come up, and uh, we stay in the backyard. We've been fortunate with our weather that we've been able to do that. We keep our masks on. We stay six feet apart, if not more. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that this nice California weather is going to last at least another week or so. And we're going to basically try to do Christmas the same way. And if the weather gets too cold and we can't sit outside, then we just may have to not do
0: it you had to rub that in about the weather though didn't you knowing that we're we're about to get 18 (laughs) inches of snow here in parts of New England including where I am so oh that's okay that's okay you deal with it you
2: know I have to tell you I was born in Boston so until I was 10 years old I knew what it was like to have snow. I remember staying at the window and watching my father walk home through the snow the morning, you know, after spending the night at work because he couldn't get out. And my brother used to sit down and point at his feet and make me pull his snowshoes off his feet. Yeah, I don't know that I miss it. Uh, You know, we can can always go to the mountains and see the snow if we have to.
0: Well, I love the snow. It's just shoveling it. That's a royal pain in the (laughs) you-know-what. But anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: You you know, you live in New England, and you deal with that. What is it at this time of year that you would like to say, what is your message to the Daughters and the Knights of Vartan as we approach Christmas of what has been an incredible year?
2: Well, you know, I've been thinking, are we— ready for christmas are we ever ready for christmas we usually get caught up in christmas parties and gift buying and meals and visits lights trees decorations somewhere in there we remember that this is actually a celebration of the birth of christ mm-hmm. and i was growing when i was growing up we used to call december 25th celebration the american commercial christmas and january 6th the armenian religious yeah. christmas
0: same in our family too
2: Yeah, and maybe this year, because of the pandemic rules, we'll lighten up on some of these things. Maybe we'll concentrate on celebrating the real reason for the holiday. We'll probably use a lot of Zoom to see each other since we can't be together in person, many of us. And it'll certainly be a different holiday season than we've ever had before and hopefully never again. I will miss the Christmas Eve service at our church where every year for maybe 50 years that I know of, the choir would come and other and the children and all the families and friends come and join the choir, and we'd have Christmas carol sing-alongs and light candles and be able to wish each other Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So, But I do, as I was saying before, I must commend our daughters and Knights of Our Time. As I've been doing my virtual visitations, I'm amazed how how well most have adapted, especially our younger generations. And for me, that younger generation includes many seniors, too. And the amount of tech savvy that they have and how they're using it to enhance their meetings and plan events is really exciting to see. And we've learned so many new ways of meeting and running our organization. And some of these will probably continue to utilize even when the virus is controlled. We have had an insane year. The U.S. elections, the marches, the protests, the pandemic with its off-again, on-again rules to follow, the explosion in Beirut and the horrific events in Artsakh and Armenia, and, of course, the personal losses many have faced. But, you know, we are Armenians, are a very strong people. We have had to be. Our ancestors passed down some good genes. So we will prevail, and most importantly, we believe in and keep our Christian faith sustains us and keeps us together as a people and as a country. I would like to read a quote that I put in my De- December message to the sisters. Please Believe in yourself in the power you have to control your own life day by day. Believe in the strength that you have deep inside and your faith will help show you the way. Believe in tomorrow and what it'll bring. Let a hopeful heart carry you through for things will work out if you trust and believe. There is no limit to what you can do. So I say to all our sisters and brothers, keep up the good works, keep up your spirits, enjoy each other, love each other, respect each other, and keep your faith. And at this time I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a happy, healthy, and safe New Year. I want
0: to wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases, and a very Happy New Year, and I look forward to the day... And hopefully, it's not in the too distant future when uh, we'll see each other again face to face and share an embrace, as I'm sure you would love to do with uh, all of your sisters and the daughters of Vartan. The day will come.
2: I hope so. I thought Signidla said David. I hope it's true. Thank you.
0: Thank you. My special thanks, as always, to our Daughters of Vartan Grand Matron, Avak Diduwi Alice Kaloustian. I hope that she and Avak Spadabet, Stephen Adams, and their families have a blessed holiday season. There is one other person to whom I'd like to send a special greeting, and that's our liaison in Armenia. You will hear me mention Gohar Balian's name at the end of every Talking Vartan podcast, and with good reason. Throughout this tumultuous year, through the Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page, our website, social media articles for the media and the Avarayt, just to name a few, Kohar has kept us informed on what is happening in our organization. She's based in Yerevan, where our Knights of Vartan office is located. Thus, she has been a witness to the events of this year in the motherland in a way that those of us here in the States could not be. But through it all, even when the news was heartbreaking, Kohar kept us informed. As our liaison, Kohar also helped us to help those victims who needed us, whether it was in Beirut, Tavush province, or Artsakh. On a personal note, I want to thank Kohar for her invaluable assistance to me and this podcast. During the early months of the pandemic, Kohar described for us the situation in Armenia as that country came to grips with the COVID virus. She also joined me when I interviewed Father Aram Mirzoyan, first in July during the Azari attack on Tavush province and then later during the 44-day Artsakh war. On both occasions, Gohar translated my questions to Father Aram while I was interviewing him and then translated his response all in real time. And on that second interview, I literally called Gohar after 11 p.m. her time and asked her if she could translate for me right then and there. Father Aram was in Artsakh at the time and said he could talk to me, but it had to be at that moment. God bless her, Kohar said yes, we did the interview, and it was online that very night here in the States. So Kohar, Shnoragalutun, Ameninchi Hamar, Yev Shnotavor, Suptsonunt. be without music, Christmas music to be specific. Before we hear from our next guest, here's a musical Christmas offering from my family to yours. My son Alexander joins me at the microphone. Here is A Child of the Poor. What Child is This?
3: and hungry, lowly, afraid, wrapped in the chill of midwinter, comes now among us, born into poverty's embrace, new life for the world, who is this who lives? Christ revealed to the world in the eyes of a child, a child of the poor What child is this who lay to rest on men? anthem sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King. And hungry, lonely, afraid, wrapped in the chill of midwinter, comes now among us, born into poverty's embrace.
0: Favorite Christmas memories beginning when I was a little boy was attending the Christmas Eve service at St. James Armenian Apostolic Church in Watertown. In later years, I would videotape the one hour service, which was full of music, biblical passages read by the children, candlelight, and always the church was filled to capacity. In fact, standing room only was the norm. Our Armenian churches will not be filled to capacity this holiday season, but Christmas services will still be held and you'll be able to see them online. Inasmuch as we have all had to adapt this year, so is the Armenian church. Many of them this spring began live streaming the Holy Badarak and other services for the very first time. A practice that many will continue even after the pandemic is behind us and churches are once again open to capacity. For our pastors, 2020 was a strange year indeed. For months, they were celebrating Badarak and looking from the altar at a church full of empty pews. Although that has changed somewhat in recent months, it will still be some time before the pews are filled once again. Even so, our need for spiritual inspiration is stronger than ever. It's my pleasure to welcome Dear Stepan Baljan, pastor of St. Gregory Armenian Apostolic Church of Merrimack Valley in North Andover, Massachusetts. He is also spot of Arakats Lodge Number 35 in North Andover. How would you define the role of the Armenian Church in this past year, and now as we celebrate the birth of Christ, has it changed, or is it just us who have changed?
4: Absolutely, David. That's a very good question. I think that you've summed it up beautifully. I think the role of the Church is just as important, if not more important, and I think that this comes you know, on the heels of the Gospel reading that we read this past Sunday uh, from the Gospel of Luke, where... Jesus describes having faith the size of a mustard seed. And he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is really the smallest of all the uh, plant seeds, he says, um, you'll be able to say to this uh, fig tree, you know, pick yourself up uh, and be thrown into the sea, you know, uh, you know, be uprooted. And, um, you know, if the church has any, say has any role in, in modern life and society, which it absolutely does, it's even more during times of crisis, like pandemics and other natural disasters, and things of the sort. And if we just have a little tiny bit of faith, it takes a role in our lives and uh, takes a role in our society as well. Uh, and so, you know, I know there's some difficulties Sometimes uh, you could call it in the political climate or the social climate in sort of categorizing, you know, is church, are houses of worship, are they essential, are they needed, are they important, are they relevant? I'll tell you one thing, with people isolated uh, and um, not going out to be social and seeing each other, my parishioners, the people in my parish, and I'm sure my colleagues could attest to the same thing, they really appreciate the outreach of the church at this time when I give them a phone call, uh, digging so-and-so, how are you doing? Uh, how's everything? Are you healthy? Uh, they are so grateful because they feel so isolated. Uh, and, and not just the elderly, families, young families, children, uh, they're looking for that place to connect. And maybe before the pandemic, maybe we took it for granted, we didn't realize that the church, our sort of social schedule, the programs that are offered like Bible studies and youth groups and community dinners and other kinds of outings, you know, they offered that social circle as they have for decades now here in the Armenian community in America. And it's one of those things maybe where we don't realize what we had until it's gone. So I think that, um, like you said, I think the church uh, is still very important, very relevant, and um, we're not going anywhere. And your listeners should know that, you know, the Armenian community and our social Structure is still very much important to our lives.
0: As a pastor, has it been difficult for you this year in terms of offering comfort and solace to your parishioners in the wake of the pandemic and the fact that uh, when, for example, a a parishioner passes away, that a funeral cannot be the way it used to be, where all of the friends and family can come and congregate?
4: In my experience, uh, thank goodness uh, we actually have not lost any of our parishioners to COVID-19 in the past year. However, we did uh, lose some relatives of parishioners. Uh, mm-hmm. A few parishioners lost their loved ones in other communities.
0: Well, not even COVID, um, but people, you know, two-pass away for whatever reason. Right. And it just, it has not been the same. I lost my father this past spring sure. and he was very well known in the Armenian community, as you know, and we had 10 people.
4: Sure. Yes, that that, that was uh, also what I was going to mention that yes, we we have had to adapt and so far we've only had one funeral that's been any kind of, you know, recognizable uh semblance of what we used to have and even that was limited in numbers. And that was during a time when it was relatively okay. You know, I think that the key David is staying in contact, reaching out with the family, helping them to understand that You know, things are temporary, Uh, you know, I've given people the option or encouraged them. uh, Sometime when things are a little bit better uh, and we're able to congregate again, to have a, come together, have a memorial service, like a hokey honkies, have a memorial meal, and then be able to, you know, fully sort of uh, go through that mourning process and and, uh, come together as a community. But yes, we have had to adjust uh, as has the whole world. And I think that there's a comfort uh, like you said, solace and, and comfort. There's a comfort in knowing that we're in this same situation together. It's not um, one versus the other, and that we can rely on each other for strength uh, during those difficult times. What
0: have you done as Spotabed of Arakat's Lodge to maintain the communication and the semblance that what we're doing is still important, even if we're not all able to get together every month and have a meeting? Has that been a challenge for you this year?
4: It certainly has. You know, we sort of at the outset of the year, you know, coming off of the summer, we put out a survey to our members at Inad Lodge asking, you know, what degree of comfort they would have with, you know, with several options, like just coming together similar to how we're doing in our churches, you know, no fellowship, no dinner. Just coming together for a socially distant business part of the meeting, the ritual in the meeting, or coming together with no changes, uh, maybe just self-serve food or bring your own food so less food handling. The other option was to uh, be completely virtual, you know, completely online. And our members opted for that option to continue. We set up a, a video conference uh, account on uh, via Google Meet so that we can all see each other and we can have monthly lodge meetings. We have our monthly t meetings that way as well. Mm-hmm. We did for a few months, you know, it was kind of just uh, sort of getting our bearings and coming together to talk and discuss and sort of uh, almost commiserate about, boy, look look where we are, you know, just in a matter of six or seven months. But we decided that we're going to uh, reorganize and get a little bit more focused and um, decide that we have to, to push forward with, our launch agenda with making sure we have an informative speaker every month, that we are continuing with fundraising and other projects for Armenia. And we've decided to move ahead that way and and do the best we can, keeping everyone connected and keeping the Knights engaged in the work of the Knights of Artan.
0: Which never ends, of course.
4: Uh, That's that's correct. (laughs) Before I get to the closing prayer, I would like to uh, just reflect for a moment on uh, something that's been sort of weighing on my heart, uh, particularly this year. Christmas is our yearly remembrance of hope and the rebirth of hope every year. In the Armenian Church, we celebrate not only the birth of Jesus Christ as a historical event, but along with his baptism, we celebrate it as a revelation, the revelation of God, which is what Astvaza Haidnutyun means. And so, you know, we have a yearly reminder that we're not alone, that we have a God who loves us, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to really be a hope for us, a hope for the world, a hope for the believers, a hope for salvation, a hope for all of the mess that we find ourselves in, to be uh, guided through and strengthened and come out okay on the other side in his care. And so I just wanted to leave your listeners today uh, with that message. And uh, without further ado, I'd like to uh, close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you in all circumstances for your grace, your providence, and your loving kindness. We thank you that you sent your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be the savior of the world. And we ask that during this season, In which we celebrate his revelation that you would reveal to us a new hope in him that even among the most dire circumstances when the whole world is in need of your care and your guidance that we would be strengthened we would have joy in our hearts and we would be able to face our challenges with courage with resolve and with boldness because you are our lord and our strengthener and to you we give all glory and power, dominion and honor forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen. Shnor havor yev nordari.
4: Thank you very much, David. And uh, give my regards uh, to your mom and the rest of the family.
0: I will. My gratitude to Sparabed Der Stepan Balgin of Arakat's Lodge in North Andover. He, of course, is also the pastor of St. Gregory Armenian Apostolic Church also in North Andover, Massachusetts. The Nativity. It has been depicted in just about every possible way, from stained glass windows in our churches to large displays in the center of cities and towns, in works of art by the famous and the unknown, in holiday ornaments hung on the Christmas tree, they all symbolize the same blessed event the birth of a child in a Bethlehem stable more than 2,000 years ago. same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were sore afraid but the angel said unto them fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord That you and your loved ones have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May 2021 be for all of us a year of healing, a year of renewal, as the mission of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan continues, and a year of peace. I'm Osped David Bedzorgen of Adadat Lodge No. 1 in Boston. Shnotavor Subsununt Yev Nordari.